0: Liz Corey and I'm Katie King and this is True Crime New, New England. England. What's up everybody? Hello welcome back to another episode. This episode is going to be so interesting. It's got twists. It's got turns. It'll give you whiplash. Oh good one. That's good. Yeah it is. We had okay fun isn't the right word but a lot of enjoyment looking up and researching this case. It's fascinating. Yeah it's one of those classic ones that's like All of a sudden out of left field comes something completely different Mm -hmm. and weird it's awesome in that regard
1: yes it's not awesome in the fact that people died and Mm -hmm. crimes were committed right it's just fascinating it's so so
0: interesting yeah and you know what it kind of reminds me of like a setup similar to like a soap opera kind of thing 100 percent yeah i also I use one of the sources I use was a, so a lot of these cases we cover and a lot of crime cases in general have like, there's so many crime shows out there that are, you know, there's like murder in the backyard. My wife killed my boyfriend, whatever, stupid, like every category of true crime. There's a show for it. Mm -hmm. Right. I found the transcript of an episode of a show that was that covered this case. Oh, my God. Yes. And I can't remember what the show was called, but I was just reading the transcript, and every other line was something so dumb and cheesy. So obviously from the title, you can see we're going to be covering a shooting that happened at Burger King. And as you all know, Burger King, fast food, burgers, great, love it. Every other sentence in this documentary was like, and he's going to have to clean up in aisle five. Or something stupid (laughs) like, it looks like the... The burger's not the only thing that's getting pounded today. You know, stupid, <laughs> stupid yes, stuff. Yes. Like serving up a whole dish of fries with that murder. <laughs> really stupid double stacked murder to go. It was so dumb. So bad. <laughs> so bad. And I was just reading it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how they would have l- like laid that out for the audience over a camera or out loud. It was so
1: Bad and
0: honestly, too, like the audacity. Yeah, inappropriate. Inappropriate.
1: And imagine you're a family member mm-hmm. listening to this, yeah. and you're like, like one of the cases we covered, Brian Neisenfeld's. Yes, where oh if you guys God. remember, the only remains that were ever found of him was his foot yeah. inside
0: of a boot and his shin bone.
1: Yeah. Yep. So one of the articles that I know you, I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Liz, I do indeed. <laughs> was called something afoot the suspicious death of brian nisenfeld yep. i'm like fuck you <laughs> like the, is <laughs> that necessary right like are you getting a little giggle out of that Ugh. like why are you making jokes at yeah a dead person's expense and not even a good joke yeah that was cheap would you like a side of fries with
0: that <laughs> yeah. weapon yes, like, yes. Fuck off. it was so bad and i think you know it's uncomfortable laughter like it's it not is. like we're laughing because it's funny but it's because it's like are you serious? Right. And it's not even good. Like, it's no. not
1: funny. It's cheesy. It's cheap. And
0: it's not original. It's cheap. Yes. Yeah. It's Perfect th- word. Thank you. It's ridiculous. But I thought it was just ridiculous to read this transcript and th- read in between, like, oh, this and she had one gunshot wound, uh, burger simile, <laughs> and then it's like, the blood was, every- was everywhere. Oh, uh, insert comment about uh, a double-stacked... Burger with fries, like. And a milkshake on the side, li- like, literally. Yes. Uh huh. It, it was really sad. Yes. Great resource. I got a lot of info from it. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was terrible. I want to say the episode was called something like, hold on, Nightmare Next Door. Yes. Okay, I think I came across that. Yep. It was in all caps locks, the whole transcript. Perfect. So, Perfect. of course, I was reading these stupid jokes in my head, screaming. <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm not even going to raise my voice, but it was Mm -hmm. very bizarre. And this um, was actually recommended to us by a listener. Yes,
1: that's right. So if you are seeing the title and you're getting excited because you wrote that in,
0: thank you so much. Yes, um, I automatically wrote that down when he suggested it, and then I was looking at it more and more, and I was like, that is so fascinating. It is so fascinating. And we talk about this all the time, Rhode Island... We struggle with cases in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. Hardcore. Like, there's a lot of really small cases. Yes. A lot of suspicious death and mob. Mob. And also some, like, gang-related stuff.
1: And at first I thought that's what this was, and I was getting kind of disappointed. Like, oh, a gang member shot another... Nope. Nope. No, 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 <laughs> no, no!
0: This is a lot different.
1: And it starts off as looking like one kind of case, and then it totally
0: like whips. whips. So yeah, uh-huh. crazy. Yeah, so cool. It is really cool. So we're really excited to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we've also mentioned before, at least I have, shootings like shootings at like a workplace or like a school or somewhere like this are really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like my flavor of true crime, one of those you know, that kind of topic, one of my favorite subtopics is shootings like this. It, I don't know why it's terrible, but it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, because what drives a person to do
0: something that extreme? Right, right. And, you know, today we have the answer for this case, mm-hmm. but you look back at things like Columbine and the right. Newtown um, school shooting and just, you know, Aurora movie theater shooting, There's there's no real, like, real answers, you mm-hmm. know? So it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, But anyway, I think we could probably just get right into it. Sounds good to me. All right. And without further ado, today we will be covering the The 1991 Burger King King shooting. All right. Let's get into it, but of course, before we start, we can go over our sources. Katie, if you wouldn't mind, could you please go first? Sure. Thank you.
1: I had a couple different articles from Seacoast Online. Hmm. I had two different articles from AP News. I use an article from the Huffington Post. Oh. And also, my main source of information was caselaw.findlaw.com. Yes. You sent that my way, Liz. That was such a good source.
0: It's... Amazing, and I love finding um, basically formal documents from cases Mm -hmm. in court. It's really helpful, and it gives you the nitty-gritty, which is nice. Um, Obviously, I had case law as well. I had a few articles from AP News. I had an article from UPI, one from Seacoast Online. I got one from Google News, and the transcript that I got that I talked about at the beginning was from allreadable.com. So, let's get into it. It is July 30th of 1991 in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. It's around 6 a.m. on the Tuesday when Sergeant Kyle Stone of the Woonsocket, Rhode Island Police Force gets a phone call. It's frantic. The caller is panicked and they are saying that they are the manager of a local Burger King and that he has come into work this morning and found two of his employees dead in a pool of blood so naturally stone is like okay what the fuck and he rushes right over to that burger king and inside he's greeted by the manager who is shaken and pale and so scared and upset obviously stone walks in and is led behind the counter and discovers a woman lying in a pool of blood and a man around the corner with a gunshot wound and dead. To Stone's horror, he realizes that the woman, who is later identified as 20-year-old Tammy Petrin. he realizes she's still alive. He says that she was gasping for breath. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I imagine she probably wasn't totally conscious, Mm -hmm. but she was trying to breathe, like agonal breathing. Wow. Isn't that terrible? That's so sad. That's not something you can get out of your head. Mm -mm. Maybe as a police officer, but as a manager of a Burger King. Mm, No way. Yeah. So, of course, Stone radios in for backup in an ambulance. Um, Basically, the backup, his name is Brian Kane. He assesses the crime scene and immediately notices that both victims have gunshot wounds. Execution-style gunshot wounds. Which is why it's so sad and hard to believe that Tammy was still alive breathing gasping for breath so while the two sergeants were assessing the crime scene they got word that tammy had died at the hospital um, which is not a surprise still unfortunate but not a surprise Um, so now they're kind of standing there they have a dead body pools of blood a dead body that was still alive and Mm -hmm. gunshot wounds to the head why was their question who would do this and why it's 6 a.m on a Tuesday, and it's a Burger King. So what, what was the motive? Robbery? No, they checked, nothing was missing, not a d- drop of cash, no food, nothing. So they were like, okay, so we have two victims, let's look at that. The man who was found dead, um, who was actually dead on arrival, was a 24-year-old named Jenner Valeta, and he was actually an overnight custodian for Burger King. And he's actually described by his friends and family as being clean cut and, quote, without an enemy in the world. Isn't that sad? Like, he was, like, truly, truly, truly in the wrong place at the wrong time. Wow. Yes. That is so horrible. I hate hearing things like that when Mm -hmm. people just, out of pure bad luck, meet a demise like that. It makes me so mad, like... And they're always the best people, too. Mm -hmm.
1: It's not like a karma thing or anything. They're always the best people. Always. He was hardworking.
0: 24. That is so young. So young. And then she was 21. So obviously with them being like, okay, so Jenner seems to be pretty straightforward. Was it possible that Tammy Petrin was targeted and just so happened to be shot and killed at her place of business? And then, of course, Jenner... Being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. That's what it started to seem like with the investigation and where it was going. For sure.
1: Tammy Petrin was a familiar name and a familiar face to police. Mm-hmm. And they're doing some recall and they're like, you know what, why does she sound so familiar? Mm-hmm. And then Tammy's brother came forward and was like, hey. <laughs> hey guys. I don't think that this is a coinky dink. Yeah. And you know what? I
0: love him for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he sped along the investigation a little bit. Just a titch. And you know, his name was Ron Jr. And he was absolutely correct. Um, He went to the police and said, I think I know who killed my sister. And it probably wasn't just an act of random violence. He immediately was suspicious of one man. And that would be Tammy's estranged ex-husband, Ronald Harnoy. Man, the twists and turns, guys. He is a piece of work. Yep. In short.
1: He's a piece of work. So, first of all, you know, I know that this is a gray area. I know everybody has different opinions on this. Mm. Tammy was 21, and her estranged husband at the time was 48. Yeah. Red flag
0: number one. And they had been married in... This was in 1991 that this happened, mm-hmm. and they married in 1989, so two years earlier when she was 19.
1: Red flag number two. Yep.
0: <laughs> no, she Come wasn't a minor. On. She wasn't a minor, but she was um, barely an adult. hmm Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: another red flag that immediately comes out is that Ronald was already married mm. to another woman, his actual wife. Yep. 36 year old joanne harnoy yeah he started an affair with tammy and married tammy
0: now here's the thing he married tammy in name only it wasn't legal because he was still like you said married to joanne Mm -hmm. and boy oh boy don't we all know (laughs) it those pesky divorce fees are superb messy messy could ruin a reputation even oh yeah we wouldn't want that you know you have to fight for the the car and the house and the Mm -hmm. the precious antiques and the china whatever and ronald was like i don't want to deal with that okay and the funny part is too that tammy and joanne knew each other oh yeah they were actually on the same bowling team as ronald so they all knew each other and Tammy and Joanne were friends. Oh yeah. And they were in fact suspicious. Mm-hmm. I saw
1: comments like, well, didn't they suspect anything? I would suspect something. Oh, they were, um, they were onto Ronald's ass. Pretty quickly, I would say, yeah. They were onto him. They were on the same bowling team, like mm-hmm. you said. Yep. They started piecing little things together. Mm-hmm. Tammy had discovered that Ronald had another wife just two months after marrying him, mm-hmm. and Joanne had apparently grown suspicious when Ronald and Tammy started spending more time together. Rut row, <laughs> so they were onto him. They were onto him, and a lot of the articles and stuff on this case refer to Ronald as a bigamist, mm-hmm. which, for those of you that don't know, it's a term for when someone who is already legally married marries someone else in addition to their first marriage. Yeah, and fun fact, it's illegal in all fifty states
0: interesting Mm -hmm. that is very interesting and not surprising for this piece of garbage wow so like we said tammy and ronald were technically never involved and i also read somewhere that ronald was trying to convince tammy that he had a twin brother named roland yes what the fuck yeah that was
1: insane to me that was one of the other red flags was that, like you said, Ronald had married Joan in 1983. Yep. Six years later, without getting a divorce, in 1989, he married Tammy. Mm. So in the process of flirting with Tammy mm. and courting her, oh, dating God. her, yeah. Ronald referred to himself as Roland. So what the... What? And he was like, oh, no, Ronald? You're thinking of my identical twin brother, Ronald. Mm. I'm Roland.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And then he came forward after he had wooed Tammy yes. and was like, ah, yeah, just kidding. Um, Ronald and Roland are one and the same, and that's me. What? That's crazy. And Tammy, arguably, you know, she was 19. She... I would say that she was in a position where I would argue she was groomed. Oh, I would say you're probably right about that. So she's like, oh, okay, I guess that's fine. Like,
0: okay. okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially when you're that young, too. It's hard to kind of rationalize certain things. I feel like if I was 19 at that time and had that happen, I'd probably be like, he did all that for me. Right,
1: and that's (sighs) kind of crazy. That just speaks to the level of manipulation, honestly.
0: Right. It's really sad. Yeah, it is pretty sad. Um, And, of course, you know, once Tammy found out that Ronald was actually married um, to Joanne, he kind of just... They both decided, fuck a divorce, you know, filing those papers, arguing over custody of whatever, money, whatever. Mm -hmm. Ronald really wanted to avoid that, you know. So he and Tammy kind of worked up a plan. Oh, what a beautiful plan. Well (laughs) thought out. Not at all suspicious or would in no way lead back to them. Not as messy as a divorce. No. Not as scandalous. Not as... No, scandalous, no. They <laughs> wanted to avoid that, really. hmm A scandal would be the last thing that they would want. And so they thought maybe if they got rid of Joanne, not only could they avoid, you know, those pesky lawyers, but they could also get some insurance money. He hmm. could get some insurance money, namely. So, uh, one morning in 1990, they set their plan in motion. Oh, Foolproof. (laughs) What could go wrong? No, nothing. Tammy
1: had helped Ronald set up not one, not two, six. (laughs) Six pipe bombs Mm. underneath Joanne's car. Yep. She was going to get in the car. She's going to drive off to work or run errands. Whatever. Mind her own business. Yep. And then the pipe bombs would explode killing her mm-hmm.
0: and making it look like maybe the car exploded or the pipe bombs under the car. But <laughs> they think that it would just magically take away the evidence. Right. <laughs> they thought that, you know, once the bombs went off, it would start a fire from the fuel and mm-hmm. then, great. They, All their problems are solved. That covers everything.
1: And they get life insurance money so that Ronald is able to provide for his new, now legitimate bride. Oh. That's so sweet. Give me a break. Yeah, what the fuck.
0: (laughs) Luckily for Joanne, thank God, only one of the bombs went off. She was unharmed and she was able to run away out of the car and run and get police without being injured. Thank God. Amazing. I'm so glad, and it's obvious because they were amateur bombists, bomb makers. (laughs) Bomb purchasers? I don't know what how they acquired said bombs, right. but clearly they did it wrong or it wasn't powerful enough, whatever. Joanne escaped unharmed. Awesome. So, unfortunately for Ronald and his beautiful new wife Tammy, uh, just two days-ish after the failed explosion, the police arrested both of them. They saw them walking down the street and they are like, yep, there they are. That's a guilty walk if I've ever seen one. (laughs) Right, let's put two and two together. Yeah. Who else would want this woman
1: dead with such a malicious attack? Yeah. That's not random. Yeah. People don't go putting six pipe bombs on the bottom of a stranger's car. Six is yes,
0: yeah. Stranger's car. Come on now. Six is so many. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a little overkill. Which makes it personal and that would be a good Yeah. Right. Amateurs. (laughs) Honestly. So dumb. So Ronald was then ordered, held on $50,000 bail after his arraignment on a charge of assault with intent to murder, conspiracy to commit murder, two counts of assault with a dangerous weapon, bigamy, and filing a false document, which would be their marriage license. Mm -hmm. Um, Tammy was released on just $1,000 bail. And agreed to testify against her illegitimate husband in court for the charges to be dropped. So she she was originally charged with conspiracy to commit murder. And then she had that dropped because she posted bail, agreed to testify. Mm. And um, unfortunately, this kind of this pissed Ronald off just a little bit. You know, he, he tried to kill one wife. That didn't work. Boo hoo. And now he has his beloved new wife. And um, she's going to. Turn her back on him pretty easily and good for her. Right. Yeah, she could have really, uh, she clearly was going to try and make a difference and get this piece of shit away.
1: Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Tammy did not get the opportunity to
0: testify against Ronald. No. No, she did not. Um, I bet you guys are thinking to yourself, oh. We starting to put it together? Uh, yep. Maybe? Yeah, because the police were too. Just a little. They
1: were thinking this whole shooting is suspicious. Yep. It's not a robbery. Wasn't because of Jenner, the right. custodian. Mm-hmm. They're looking at Tammy. Tammy's brother is telling them this information. You know, Tammy was recently involved with this. Yep. And police are looking at Ronald mm. because he's tried to kill one wife. What would what would stop him from doing the same to another? Yep. But they're like, wait... Ronald couldn't have done this because he was in jail awaiting trial for the attempted murder of his first wife.
0: Right. He was waiting for the, tr- the charges. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't go in and shoot Tammy. Right. So it- now they're thinking. Right. And they know that Tammy is going to be like a star witness mm-hmm. and testify against Ronald. Okay. The gears are turning. Gears are turning. The police are like, okay, this is kind of making sense now. And this is all, of course, while Ronald is in jail coming up with his murder plot. And he didn't have a lot of luck at first, <laughs> it sounds like. And we, with the case law um, transcript uh, of the charges and him, he was trying to make an appeal with this transcript. Um, we saw the shortcomings of him trying to find basically a hitman for himself to carry out the attack of murdering his. Third, Tammy was actually his third wife. He did have a first wife that um, he had at least one child with. Um, so his third wife, Tammy, he was looking for someone to do the job for him. Get mm. it done while he's waiting to get out of jail.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. if they don't have Tammy, they can't prosecute him. Sure. R- sound thinking. <laughs> he's clearly an amateur in more ways than one. Uh, yeah. And he's 40 at this point. It's 1991. Mm-hmm. So he's 48. Yep. Mm, I mean, you would think he'd
1: be a little smarter than that. You would think. Well, so you know that first child that you mentioned? I sure do. Yeah. Um. He tried to get her. Her name was Celeste Harnoy. He reached out to her. Ronald said something I'm sure along the lines of, "Hey Celeste, mm. my beloved daughter. Oh, you and your boyfriend, Brian Planty, mm. should kill Tammy for me." Oh.
0: Dad, And she's probably like, dad, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded about? like, you know, at first they were like, um, no, you're delusional. Like, don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is a natural reaction mm-hmm. and a good one. Mm-hmm. So he, the way he asked his daughter, of course, he had to write a letter. It's 1991. He wasn't using the phone. He sent her a letter. So there's physical proof of this. And he says, if we can't get Tammy out of the way before trial, I stand to lose a lot. Wow that's really a good point dad (laughs) so you know he was trying to get his daughter on board to like help and Uh while he was attempting this and you know and then it found out that it did not work he approached a fellow inmate william de gregorio and man you know it seemed promising at first it really did it did, until it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I will say,
1: I will say, <laughs> props to William. Yes. He is stringing Ronald along. Mm-hmm. I know someone up on Federal Hill yeah. that might be able to carry this out, Ooh. but for a price. Nat- I mean, naturally. I mean, of course, no one's going to do this for free. Right. So they're talking about the plan mm-hmm. almost daily. Yeah. William gets unexpectedly released. Yeah. Ronald... Then asked his daughter, Celeste, to act as a middleman. He even made her his financial power of attorney. <laughs> Literally. So she could withdraw the necessary
0: funds to pay for the murder. And they had agreed on $5,000. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's a little low. <laughs> yeah, right. Hitman. I would have gone a little higher, but okay, listen. You know, whatever. To each their own. To each, each their, their own. own. <laughs> sure. okay. It seems
1: like at least $2,500 was exchanged before it became... Very obvious that William had no intention mm-hmm. of killing off Tammy. Mm-hmm. And he just wanted the money.
0: Um, and, you know, like you said, not bad. Not too shabby. I mean, hey. <laughs> Listen, he didn't kill anyone. Mm-hmm. And he got money and kind of left someone who wanted to kill someone in the dust. So, right. Good good work, William. That's great. Um, of course, you know, Ronald was upset. Not only did he lose his hitman, but... He lost some money too. Mm-hmm. So it didn't deter him though, don't worry. He said, I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna find someone to murder my wife. So at this point, he approached another inmate named Sean Lipscomb and offered him $2,500, a car, and an apartment. All to just kill Tammy, which, okay. So he's learned from William mm-hmm. less money to start, yep, but throw in a car. In an apartment? That's a big investment, Ronald. Shit. I know. <laughs> That's a lot. First of all, where's he getting all this? Right. Is Was it his car? Oh, yep. In his apartment? Well, where's he gonna live? When he gets out, because this is gonna work, right? Of course. Oh, my God. So dumb. Um. Ronald even wrote to his daughter and told her to promise to give Sean anything. In return for getting her dad out of prison. And I think that anything was implying he could use her for mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. Which is disgusting. Basically, um, selling your own daughter for your freedom. But f- fuck you, I guess. That is so horrific. So horrific. So
1: disturbing. So to no one's surprise, second time was not the charm. Mm-hmm. This didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Most people, I know this will come as a shock, Yeah. most people don't want to be a hitman, most definitely not for $2,500. I think that's fair, yeah. So Ronald went on to the next one. Oh and this is where our friend, fellow inmate Gary Maxi, comes into play.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Gary said that Ronald brought up the subject of him killing Tammy during their second conversation that they've ever had. Yep. And then every single time since. Yeah. He was clearly obsessed. Gary said at first, you know, I wasn't really interested. And then he heard through word of mouth, Mm -hmm. as one does in prison. You know, all you you really got to do is talk.
0: Yeah.
1: So they're talking. And Gary heard about this whole scheme Mm. that William did where he bamboozled Ronald and got his cash and didn't kill anybody. Right. So Gary is like, that sounds pretty good
0: to me. Uh, Yeah. And Gary started to scheme. Oh, yes, he did. Um, at first, Gary was like, no, Ronald, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this. And then I think, uh, Ronald kept upping the money. Like, what if 5000 What if 7500 you know? And, you know, Maxie was like, yeah, all right, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> and then, of course, like you said, he was plotting to not actually do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for Ronald, once again, Gary Maxie was released from jail and, he did keep in contact with Ronald, so it was okay. And he claimed that he had driven around Tammy's home several times. And there were su- reports of a suspicious um, car in the neighborhood by a neighbor. So I guess it's kind of kind of confirmed. But mm-hmm. he did tell Ronald that he had been scoping around. And, you know, I'm, I promise I'm going to do this for you, so give me money kind of thing. You know, eventually... Gary tried to get the money from Ronald, and Ronald didn't give him anything up front, so he dipped out. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know what, if you're going to change your mind, give me money up front, I'll come back. But until then, bye. And Ronald, this is his fourth attempt yeah, at getting that's a right. hitman. Because he tried, what, his daughter and her boyfriend, yep. William, yep. Sean Lipscomb, and now Gary Maxey. Great. Fourth time's a charm.
1: This is so wild. So one of the last times Ronald contacted Gary was to tell him that he found someone else named, quote, Richard Mm -hmm. to kill Tammy and that he would need Gary's help to help carry out the crime. Gary was like, okay, Mm -hmm. but money talks. Yeah. So you're going to pay me.
0: Yeah.
1: At trial, Gary identified this Richard character from a photograph. And this Richard person was actually named Steve Wilson. Yeah. I don't know where he got Richard, or why. Or maybe he gave him a fake name, like, my name's Richard, and I'm going to help you kill your wife, Tammy. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's so weird. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Oh, my God. So, again, now with uh, the pair, not just Gary Mm Maxey, the pair drove by Tammy's house several times in order to, you know, canvas her activity, her whereabouts, and, again, the, the neighbors did notice. In fact, one neighbor even noticed... Um, she had once seen Wilson attempt to enter Tammy's apartment through the fire escape. She lived on the third floor. Yeah. And this um, this neighbor actually recognized Steve Wilson because they had grown up together in this small town. Mm-hmm. So she was like, what is Steve doing right now? Right. <laughs> what the fuck? Steve. And, now, you know, like I said, it's a small town. Everyone kind of knows everyone. And Steve Wilson was known in the... In the town, mm-hmm. he was a local bad boy known to have a temper and be violent. Oh, perfect! So that's hot. <laughs> you know, that's, that's such a great pathway. You know, so um, he also had multiple arrests already, including breaking and entering. Oh, like in Tammy's fire escape. That makes sense. <laughs> right. Checks out. Larcenies, drug possession, and drug deliveries. So he was not squeaky clean, right? And then later in court, this all came about, right? So Gary Maxey, like you said, he pointed out that that was Steve Wilson. He identified him. And then he also testified that on that morning of the shooting, he met Wilson and loaned him a blue Ford Escort. Mm -hmm. He said, here, take this, have fun, you know, do what you do, bye. I'm not going to actually be there to shoot and kill. Right. I just wanted money. Borrow my car. Okay. Fine. Great. This car, the blue Ford Escort, was
1: seen by two witnesses that were in the immediate vicinity of the Burger King. Mm-hmm. They were able to place the car. They couldn't quite make out features from the driver, mm-hmm. but they did place Steve in the passenger seat at that location. Mm-hmm. And these are two separate witnesses. Right. Right one witness said that he heard gunshots Mm -hmm. and then at 6 a.m. or about 6 a.m. the manager of the Burger King arrived to find
0: the bodies of Tammy and Jenner. Yeah it's interesting because like again small town one of the witnesses grew up with Wilson knew him from like elementary school he said later in court that he could confirm it was not Steve driving the car. Mm He um was definitely the passenger and then in that other witness claimed that he did see Wilson be dropped off by the blue car so he was not in the driver's seat mm-hmm. so that's two people who confirmed it for them so now they're like who's this driver we know it's not Gary Maxey mm-hmm. no spoiler like he it was not him he loaned the car but he wasn't there Steve Wilson was the one who pulled the trigger who was this mystery guy right after the murders Ronald did Give a little shout out to Gary Maxey and said, hey man, (laughs) thanks for the help, man. You're the best, man. Um, And, you know, pretty soon after this event, and unfortunately for Ronald, um, his plan to kill Tammy, you know, in order to get his case overturned because she was the star witness, yeah, it didn't work. Uh, Are you surprised? To no one's shock. (laughs) A jury convicted him of attempted murder Possession of a bomb, fourth degree arson, and bigamy. Mm. And he was sentenced to serve four concurrent terms. Oh. Mm. Hm.
1: Nice. Oh, well.
0: <laughs> you killed someone, two people, r- indirectly for no fucking reason. <laughs> you can go rot in prison forever and ever and ever and ever, mm-hmm. ever. Unfortunately, at some point after the murder, before he could testify or be tried, Steve Wilson died of an overdose. So, you know, he was clearly the one who murdered Tammy and Jenner, mm-hmm. but he also could have told the details of Ronald trying to get him to be the hitman. Absolutely. Yeah, which would have been really important and pertinent in the case. So that really sucks.
1: It's so frustrating. And I wonder too if the overdose was accidental or if it was intentional. Yeah. You know, he is a known criminal. He's, he's got a laundry list of different charges and different crimes, including drug paraphernalia mm-hmm. and drug dealing. yep. However, murder was not one of them. Right. So I wonder if maybe he did it intentionally because mm-hmm. he felt guilty. Maybe
0: or if it was just an accident. It, I I like that thought. like that's a good point. I think maybe it was an accident, just because he was mm-hmm. known to be the local, the local bad boy yes. and violent, and mm-hmm. so I, I, don't know, but I, it doesn't surprise me that he did drugs like regularly. Mm-hmm. So who knows? But he, either way, he died before justice could be served. So frustrating. Yeah. Um, when Gary Maxi talked to the police, he revealed that murdering someone is not quote something he could ever do, um, but he could assist in the plot, so he did admit to it. Um, And so in exchange, Ronald promised to get Gary a job at a local gym. That was like their deal. So money and a job. Okay. Ronald is promising a lot of things Mm -hmm. to these people. He's really trying to get them to do his dirty work. Wow. Oh, it's actually crazy because Gary Maxey actually eventually got off on probation. And he agreed very similarly to what Tammy agreed um, to testify against Ronald. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. Holy shit. Coming back to bite him in the ass. Wow. <laughs> yep.
1: Ronald Harnoy was charged with the arrangement of the murders of Tammy Petran and her co-worker Jennifer Leda, as well as the list that oh. you went off on of like yeah. a million different other friggin' charges. Bacon meat, arsony. Oh, the bomb. Just, Just Yeah. The charges from before. Yeah. And now these additional ones. Yep. Oh my god. So he was charged on April 30th, 1998. Wow. Years and years and years after. That is how long it took them to figure out all of the twists and turns. Wow. Because it's so complicated. There's yeah. so many people, you know, they're talking to William and he's like, no, I, I scammed him. Go talk to this person. Right. And I heard that this inmate was conspiring with Ronald. Mm-hmm. So these poor, oh my God, I can't even imagine the detectives on this case. No. Having to track down. <laughs> oh, this is classic, like, corkboard. Yes, I was just about to string. say with the red string. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> this one
0: goes to this person. Yep. And they got the car from him, but he didn't. He wasn't at the, the scene. scene. This and is mom's, mom's car. <laughs> it's crazy. You need to, to organize that. I see it. I see it. Oh, my God. So he wasn't charged until 1998. That's almost
1: seven years. Mm-hmm. Wow. So after Ronald was charged, they're like, okay, he's put away. He's gonna rot in prison for the rest of his life. Goodbye. There's still a mystery person in this case, and that is who the driver was. Right. Who the fuck was this getaway
0: driver? It wasn't Gary Maxie. Wasn't Gary, wasn't Steve. Steve. Definitely wasn't Ronald. Mm-mm. Who was it? It turns out that this driver was
1: 38-year-old Angel Louise Valentin Ramos. Angel and Steve both knew Ronald personally hmm. as they all served time together how sweet that is such a meet cute a little reunion oh i love it
0: romantic (laughs) so
1: precious (laughs) so police finally received a tip that angel who worked as a chauffeur which i think is so ironic because that was his role in the crime
0: oh my god is the
1: chauffeur basically Uh dropping steve off at his destination oh my god that is so funny Police were notified that Angel would be on his way to Logan Airport in a Lincoln car to pick up a customer. Hmm. And this is when police caught his ass (laughs) in January of 1999. Oh, my God. It's almost eight years. Yeah. Whoa. That's how long it took for them to piece together what had happened. Right. Yeah. So it really bothers me that Angel is just the getaway driver and he's working as a chauffeur and they get his (laughs) ass years later. Yeah. And the man that actually shot and killed Tammy and the poor sweet custodian I know. <laughs> working there. Yeah. Oh my god. Jenner, poor guy. I know. The actual murderer died before he could serve his time. Yeah, he got a free pass, really. Honestly, yeah. And if I wonder if it was intentional or yeah. if it was an accident I don't know, but Maybe he knew it was getting close or it just doesn't seem whatever fair to me. Yeah, it doesn't to me either. I mean, I do believe that this getaway driver should serve time. Like, hello, you were involved in
0: a murder. murder of two people. Mm -hmm. In November of 2000, Ronalds was convicted for two counts of murder, two counts of aiding and abetting, the murders, and conspiring to commit murder. So he was sentenced to serve life imprisonment on the first three counts. He had one count of aiding and abetting dropped and a 10-year sentence for the conspiring to commit charge. So those were all on top of his four life sentences. Mm -hmm. Hmm.
1: Don't you love it? I do. Don't you love it? And I found a nice little note to end on. Oh, I love it. Patrick Youngs, the Rhode Island assistant attorney general at the time, stated, Ronald Harnoy is diabolical and lives in this kind of crazy fantasy world of cheap dime store crime novels. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That is such a zing. He truly does. He's living in this fantasy world of crime
0: novels. Yeah. Horribly written crime novels. Very bad ones. Ones that have taglines like, this is a whopper of a cage. Yes. Literally. Oh, like, man. You think six pipe bombs, and you think you're not going to get away
1: with it, and you're going to have your wife shot in the head execution style at her place of work. Oh, my God. Your wife that you met when she was 19 Ugh.
0: and married her illegally. Yeah, because also not only were you married, but you were almost 20 years older. Mm -hmm. What the hell? I love that quote. I love it. I do too. (laughs) That's really funny. And it sums it up pretty well. For sure. This case was so interesting. The twists and the turns were so fun to read about. Because I didn't know where it was going. I didn't either. (laughs) So crazy. The whole time I was like, oh, this poor woman. Oh my God, that's awful. Wait, what? he did what what, happened and then how many times was he married and then his daughter what it was great (laughs) so thank you listener i'm sorry we don't have your name for recommending those this is one of the cases that he had recommended so awesome job it was so interesting thank you so much we love cases like this Mm -hmm. it's so it was so fascinating Mm -hmm. so you guys can definitely let us know what you think um, reach out to us on our Instagram and Twitter at truecrimene, all lowercase, or you can shoot us an email at truecrimene at gmail.com.
1: You can also find us on our website, truecrimene.com. You can browse our pages, look at all of the other cases that we have, mm. check us out, learn more about us. You can also reach out to us on our handy dandy submission tool. You can send us your thoughts on this case, your thoughts on other cases, And cases that you would like for us to potentially cover in the
0: future, New England-based, please. Yes. You can tell us about other cases elsewhere. We're just not going to cover them, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But you can definitely, if you have some New England cases in your pocket, let us know. Yes. And if you like the cases that we have done
1: so far, you can head over to Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a rating and or a written review. Love that. And you can also head over to Spotify and you can leave us a
0: rating which would be so kind of you. Mm-hmm. I think right now currently we're at 69. As we're At the time of this recording, we're at 69 reviews on Spotify. Yes. Um, so I just want to get it off that nasty number. <laughs> if you guys could help us out. That'd be great. Perfect. Awesome. All right, guys. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.